0: Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 29. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends, Tony, Anne, Jenny, Megan, and Andrew. For today's roundtable topic, we'll be discussing the work of Steven Spielberg. I'm not going to say too much at the beginning, just because it is a fairly long podcast. We had an amazing time talking about it. There's so, he's done so much amazing work that it was really hard to squeeze it in just to the hour that it is. So let's just jump right in and take a listen to our roundtable discussion on Steven Spielberg. Time for our round table. Today we're gonna to be discussing Spielberg movies, as in Steven Spielberg.
1: Not, wait, wait. <laughs> it, yeah, I thought it
2: was I am here as, for uh, Max Spielberg, as as Spielberg and nobody I else.
0: Came out, I was like, take it, it, it back, take it back, take it back. I knew you were gonna jump all over that. Uh, Alright. So uh, joining me for this, maybe. My friend Tony. Hello, hello, hello. Andrew. Hello. Megan. Hi. And Ginny.
1: Please don't fire
0: me. <laughs> and
1: Hello. <Anne>. hello.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're here discussing Steven Allen Spielberg. He was born December 18, 1946. He's an American filmmaker. He is considered one of the founding pioneers of the new Hollywood era and one of the most popular directors and producers in film history spielberg started in hollywood directing television and several minor theatrical releases he became a household name as the director of jaws from 75 which was critically and commercially successful and is considered the first summer blockbuster well i know that Mm-hmm. Uh, his subsequent releases focused typically on science fiction adventure films, such as Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81, E.T., The Extraterrestrial in 82, and Jurassic Park in 93, which became archetypes of modern Hollywood escapist filmmaking. Bilberg transitioned into addressing serious issues in his later work, with The Color Purple in 85, Empire of the Sun 87, Schindler's List in 93, uh, Amistad 97, uh, and Saving Private Ryan in 98. He has largely adhered to his practice during the 21st century with Munich in 2005, Lincoln in 2012, Bridge of Spies in 15, and The Post in 17. He's co-founded Emblem Entertainment and DreamWorks Studios, where he also served as a producer and executive producer for several successful film trilogies, including Gremlins, Back to the Future, uh, Men in Black, and the Transformers series. He later transitioned into producing several video games. Spielberg is one of America's film industry's most critically successful filmmakers with praise for his directing talent and versatility and he has won the academy award for best director twice some of his movies are also among the highest grossing films while his total works make him the highest grossing film director in history his net worth is estimated to be more than three billion dollars so let's go ahead and start with my question first question do you remember your very first spielberg movie and for me personally yes it was jaws I was probably six, seven years old, and it terrified me, and it put me off water for how old am I now? <laughs> <laughs> um, still, I, other, I mean, I'm not kidding, years I would not go in a pool.
3: Yes. I was afraid a shark
0: was going to get me in a pool. Any kind of body of water, and going to the beach, I would never go past my shins. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Showers and, from now on.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gotten better, but I, I don't still that the
1: shark is gonna get through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still I went skiing when I was probably like 23, 24 and I remember being in a lake. And there is no sharks in lakes. Hello.
3: Hello. Hello. Yeah. And I remember
0: floating in the water and just telling him, "Please go, please go, please go," because you are to wait for the boat to move to take you out of the water. And I kept falling. And I'm like, oh. my third time, I'm like, I swear to God, if I don't get up this last time, and I did, and I held on, and I was like, I am not stopping. I don't know how I'm gonna stop? He, yeah, it was put me in so, a tree. So, so, so Jaws, and it, it traumatized me for my entire life. So that was mine. How about you, Anne?
4: I, it's E.T. or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. I don't know which That's 81, one. 82. So uh, it, I was not alive. Um, <laughs> so you didn't see it in the theater. Yeah. So I did not see it. in theater. I saw the theater. Jaws in the theater. So.
0: Oh okay. wow.
5: Didn't, you drive right. in. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's a big shark. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm pretty sure it was E.T. That's my my guess. I think I was about. That
0: seems more like.
4: Seven or eight years old yeah. when I saw it. And it did traumatize me Hmm. a little bit. There's the scene where E.T. is by the side of the creek and all the brother finds him. And I'm just like, what's happening? Why is E.T. like this? Yep. At eight years old, it was weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I want to say that was probably my first. Uh, And then Raiders was about the same time. And I could never watch the ending when their faces were being melted off. Yes. (laughs) trauma <laughs> um so i think it was those two okay
5: Good for me tony uh my i was also traumatized by et my my mom took me to see it in the theater when i was like one and a half or two so it was probably a little Ooh, age a inappropriate little, yeah but consciously the first spielberg film i remember is actually Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom, okay. which okay. I feel like I saw before Raiders, which is kind of funny, but I probably saw them pretty close together, but Temple of Doom was, yeah. was the first one, nice. yeah. Did Jamie? that traumatize you? Well, I... I, I no, it did. I, that, surprisingly enough, the heart out that.
2: did not, did okay. not traumatize to... me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's normal. <laughs> yeah. It's me. a nice Saturday.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's my dating life. Oh, my oh. <laughs> oh. Megan? Jaws was actually the first one I saw. Okay. And I... I don't know what the communication was like with my grandparents and my parents because the stuff I got to watch as a child, I have questions. <laughs> but it was it was either Close Encounters or it was Joss. I'm pretty sure it was Joss because I became obsessed with sharks mm-hmm. after that. I was very young and I loved sharks mm-hmm. and my parents were concerned. <laughs> but from from then on, I was like, swimming, yay, yeah. oceans, yay. Wow. I want to find sharks. Like There was a shark watch when we were in Egypt. My brother cut his foot on a piece of coral and I was looking. For sharks. So I was like, not in the water, sharks. <laughs> and my dad was like, what happened? But yeah, Jaws was All my right. first introduction.
2: Right. Andrew. Uh, I'm gonna echo a lot of what Megan just said. Uh, Jaws was the first the first one I fully remember, but also there's a memory I just now recalled <laughs> the very first moment I saw Jaws was actually my dad happened to be watching it on, on TV. Mm. And it was the moment, right as the shark jumped out of the water onto mm. the boat, onto the orca, <laughs> uh, and he turned the channel, he changed the channel, oh! <laughs> and I was the like, I thing. was like, wait, no, 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 Dad, go back, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was like, I think maybe five or six, and yeah. my dad was like, Are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that looked awesome. And he's okay. he like, okay, turned it back, and it was right as the as the shark was Went chomping down. down on Quint. Oh, no. it, just, it just changed the, the channel right back to... <laughs>
5: <laughs> and the blood comes out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
2: I ran out of the room. <laughs> Didn't come back to the movie for another two, three years. Oh, there you go. How about you, um, Julie?
1: I'm 90% sure it was actually Close Encounters of the okay. Third Kind.
0: Mm. I saw it in the theater um, as well, so.
1: Mm. Because then I, I know we either saw it in the theater and then went on this trip or went on this trip and then saw it in the theater, but we visited Devil's Tower. Oh, which oh is, cool. yes. we went on a lot of road trips mm-hmm. when we were yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember Dad talking about it, and you know, I was like, what? and I was convinced, I was like, there's aliens? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. which scared me. Yeah. Because I was like, because then we stayed in a hotel, and I was like, "Are the aliens gonna come get oh, yeah. me?" <laughs> and, like, yeah. and the mashed potato sculpture. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was about to ask. Yeah. I was like, "Is
6: your dad carving?" me? Because then your something. worries were legitimate.
0: <laughs> cool. Let's see what else here. Let's go with. Let's go with an interesting fact. Alright, uh, believe it or not, Schindler's List was considered to be the most expensive black and white film ever made. But Spielberg didn't accept any payment for his work on this film. He stated that any money accepted would be blood money considering the Holocaust. He was given permission to shoot the film within Auschwitz, uh, concentration camp, but he decided against it due to the respect for the victims. So, good on you.
4: The producers of the James Bond franchise turned down Spielberg's offer to direct one of the films early in his career. He also admitted that the rejection hadn't stopped him from enjoying his all time favorite Bond movies. Even Roger Moore verifies this. He said Steven Spielberg once had ambition to direct a James Bond film. I did not know
2: would that.
1: He, well, that's pretty interesting, neat. yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: that's where Raiders came from. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Do you know who appeared the most in Spielberg's movies? Tom Cruise? Richard Dreyfuss? Tom Hanks? Nope. Steven Spielberg cast his dog in several of his movies. He also has the habit of putting his pets to work on some of his most famous movies. Spielberg's Cocker Spaniel Elmer appeared in The Sugarland Express, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1941, and also in Jaws. Hmm. For
0: the dog.
1: It wasn't Mippin, oh, no. was it? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: Too soon. <laughs> Steven Spielberg has seven kids. Of his seven children, four are biological. Max, Sasha, Sawyer, and Destry Allen. Two are adopted, Theo and Michaela, George. And one is a stepchild, Jessica Capshaw a daughter from Kate Capshaw's prior marriage to Robert Capshaw.
2: Steven Spielberg was thrice denied entry into USC's elite directing program due to his C average. He was was eventually admitted into the film program at California State University. He was dropped out in 1968 to make a 22-minute film entitled Amblin. However, he finally managed to finish his degree through an independent projects program. In 2002, he was awarded a BA in film production by California State. Nice.
5: <laughs> he finished. Finally official. He finished. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg directed Indiana Jones The Temple of Doom during 1984, and Kate Capshaw was the female lead in that movie. During the production of the film, she met director Steven Spielberg. The two were both married in a civil ceremony and an Orthodox ceremony. Capshaw decided to convert to Judaism before marrying Spielberg.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, That's one have. of my favorite 30 Rock jokes, by the way. <laughs> oh, sir, ta- the brings, uh, they bring up Stevens, meeting Steven Spielberg, and Tracy Morgan's like, Kate Capshaw's husband?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, Steven Spielberg was the first person to suggest he introduced the PG 13 rating, which indicates that only individuals who are 13 years or above can be granted the right to watch a movie. Uh, this happened because of complaints made by parents over the PG ratings of the movies like Poltergeist, Indiana Jones, and of Doom, and so on. Seeing this, Spielberg suggested that a new rating to the MPAA president, Jack Valenti for films that have too much adult content to be rated PG, but not quite enough to be rated R. Then this PG-13 was introduced. Uh, the first film distributed with a PG-13 rating was, as you want know, Thread Dawn.
6: Oh wow. wow, okay. 1984. Oh, okay. okay. Makes yeah. sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. not, not like the ratings mattered for some poor child, <laughs> yeah, <well.
1: laughs> That's good to
6: know.
2: They're yeah. more like guidelines.
6: <laughs> yes, like guidelines anyway.
1: Spielberg faced challenges with dyslexia, and he struggled for years with the undiagnosed learning disability. He was bullied during his school days because of his inability to read. He also faced mean treatment from his classmates and had school administrators mislabeling him as lazy. But he said, I never felt like a victim. Movies helped me. Saved me from shame, from guilt, from putting it on myself. When it wasn't my burden, he said. I think making movies was my great escape. It's how I could get away from all that. Nice. Nice.
0: Cool. Nice. -hmm. So just a little bit of interesting information about Spielberg himself. Uh, I have quite a few facts about the movies that uh, I found really
6: interesting. I just have one little thing yeah. that's interesting. He was the one director to approach Bill Watterson to try to turn Calvin and Hobbes into a movie. Oh, huh. no, I didn't know that. And Bill Watterson would refuse to take his phone call yeah. multiple times. Oh wow, he was adamant on not. Yep. Oh, making he was, out of that. Yeah, he was. Well, it's Bill Watterson. He's not yeah. exactly sunshine and daisies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's unfortunate. It would have been cool to see. Especially a Spielberg it, movie, a Calvin Hobbes yeah, Spielberg live nice. action.
6: He would have been faithful to it, but I, oh, I yeah. completely understand yeah. I get why it. Watterson said no. Yeah. But yeah. Spielberg, man. Yeah. Spielberg. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so here we go. Another question. Your favorite Spielberg movie? I will start off. Uh, mine was E.T., I know it scared half the panel here. Yeah. But <laughs> I was also I was 12 years old when it came out. Mm. So I was the perfect age to watch it. Mm-hmm. Saw it in the theater many times. I started my own ET fan club with my neighbor kids. Oh wow! Um, my dad used to take groups of us because well, about six of us to the theater, and we'd watch it all together. And mm-hmm. that was our outing, our fan club thing. I was in love with it. It was I was I was written for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just the idea of finding a, an alien best friend, and um, so yeah, that definitely will be I mean I have I love all lots of Spielberg movies but that one will always
2: be special mm-hmm. um
0: but mm-hmm. how about you let's go with Andrew um
2: going right along with the pattern uh <laughs> <laughs> of what we previously discussed Jaws <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: even
1: after that experience that <laughs> yes
2: uh yes. <laughs> when I I revisited Jaws uh when I was like I think I was like seven or eight mm-hmm. And I just became obsessed with it. It was the movie that made me realize movies were movies. Movies mm. were made. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I became obsessed with the movie. Went, ripped through the entire series. I read the book, which was incredibly inappropriate for my age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
3: Uh,
2: became obsessed with sharks for a little while. Uh and kind of led me down this entire path of being obsessed with movies and going to film That's school cool. and trying to make movies. And...
0: Very cool.
2: Very cool. That's nice. I, I blame see, you, Spielberg.
0: I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I can, that movie really definitely was well-crafted. And mm-hmm. I can see... Yes. If you really took it apart, you'd be able to actually learn from it. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, it's it's an entire film school yeah. in one movie. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I could talk about Jaws for hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, but
2: starting now.
0: maybe I'll do that as a one just one topic will be Jaws. Mm-hmm. How it changed cinema. Which would be good. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh Megan. Uh Close Encounters
0: actually. Mm-hmm.
6: This was recent. It used to be Jaws. It was Jaws like all through high school and into college and then Around the same time I saw Jaws as a child, I saw Close Encounters. But that one actually scared me a little yeah, bit. That one terrified me. Open skies at night were an issue yeah. for me for a while, especially. I lived, I'm from Nebraska, oh, you Dear, yeah. that's all we got. Yeah. And yeah. So there were some nights I'm going out to like get my dog and like do all chores and stuff, and I'm just looking at the sky and like hiding under porches and stuff. I'm like, not you're taking, not taking me aliens.
3: Not today. Not today. Not today. it's
2: <laughs> but, always there.
6: I know. But when I got older, I was like, this is actually my favorite one. It's it's some of the most interesting characters. It's some of the most beautiful Mm beautiful parts of film Mm -hmm. i've ever seen i genuinely love every time it comes on tv i can't shut it off Mm -hmm. i'm just like well i guess i'm here now for the next two hours i haven't seen
0: that in like 30 years i do need to rewatch it i think i'd enjoy it more as an adult yeah i saw as a little kid it terrified me but i don't think i quite understood
2: everything (laughs) i'm i'm really curious how he would have made it differently now because he's he's spoken before on how he would change the ending Mm -hmm. No. Now that he's a parent, yeah, because yeah, yeah.
6: yeah. he's, about... he's
1: talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just
4: like, no, it's mm-hmm. perfect. Leave it alone. <laughs> <Yeah. It's cute."
6: laughs> what you um,
1: as a kid growing up, it was Temple of
0: Doom. Okay, uh, Indiana
1: Jones in the Temple of Doom you were um,
0: in love with Short man. we already, I know. We heard, we, that. We heard <laughs> this story in a different
1: yeah. podcast. So, um, <laughs> uh, but, but when I got older, it became Save and Private Ryan. Oh. Because okay. mm. I saw that movie with my dad. Mm. and Just me and my dad. And I don't... It was like a weekday, and for some mm. reason he didn't have work. And I worked in a movie theater, so we... I don't know why, but that was the first time we ever saw a movie in the theater. Like, just the two of us yeah. on a random day. And... It is the only time he's ever talked to me about him being a soldier because he was in Vietnam. He does not talk about it. We saw that movie. We just went in the car. We just sat. Like, I couldn't even start the car. Like, we just sat and we processed it. and he turned to me and he said, you know, when they were walking across the, the valley and there was bombs going mm-hmm. off behind them. He's like, when I was in Vietnam, that's what it looked like to me, because I spent most of my time on an aircraft carrier, mm. and I would look out over, and I could see guys walking on the beach, and there was stuff going off around them, and I didn't know if those guys were going to come back or not.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, so like, that's, that's extra special. Yeah. I mean, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Right, who wants to follow that? Uh, let <laughs> And
4: Saving Private Ryan is my favorite. Oh, and cool. I saw it with my dad. Oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah. Um, But my dad my dad didn't serve, but my, my grandfathers did. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them served. And um, I've always been fascinated with war films. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's something in my DNA um, that I've just always uh, with war films. And um, I went with my dad. It was not during the day, uh, but we were at the theater. And the owner of the theater came to the front and said, if you can make it through the first like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and once uh tom hanks says um quite a view then you can watch the but if you can't make it by that line i will refund you your ticket and all that sort of stuff and i look at my dad and i'm like you're ready for this (laughs) yeah here we go (laughs) and i i just remembered being enthralled with it from the beginning to end Mm -hmm. and just the just the storytelling of Mm. that movie and yeah, it's, it was, it was something very special. That movie for me too. So that'll always
2: be my favorite Spielberg one. Yeah. Just to jump on for a second. I remember the, the D-Day sequences, it's like 15, 20 minutes Uh, within the movie, but even more than that, I remember one time timing the battle at the end. That one's like 40 minutes. It's an incredibly long battle sequence.
4: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: What's your Tony?
5: Uh, Well, if I'm being absolutely honest, like fanboy style, my favorite Spielberg movie, uh, as we discussed in the Indiana Jones podcast, is actually (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But if I put my film geek cap on, like film school, I would say it's actually The Color Purple. It is, oh. it is my favorite. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It's a very heavy movie. Yes. Um, extremely. And it was the first movie I ever saw that I learned about the African American experience in in America. And I'm from Hawaii, so you know it was it was yeah. sort of very eye opening. And you know the music and yeah, just just everything that happens to Seely. And yeah, it's just an, an incredible, incredible film. Yeah, heart wrenching. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Amazing novel, too, if you haven't. Oh, I, read yeah. I had to so read the novel as well. well okay. Yeah, novels okay. are great, yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. Can, I, can I actually take a moment to go back to Jaws for a second? Oh, yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <tell laughs> I is a very This is a very funny
2: story right. about Jaws. Uh, so I went many, many years only having seen Jaws uh, on a TV screen. I finally got to see it on the big screen for the 40th anniversary, and I took a bunch of friends Mm. to see it, including two friends who had never seen the movie in any form whatsoever. And so I very strategically placed myself so that I could watch them while they were watching. (laughs) And uh, my friend Kevin, I will never let him live this down. Uh, He's a little bit of a scaredy cat. Mm -hmm. And during the Ben Gardner sequence, when the head pops out, he didn't scream. My other friend who had never seen the movie, she did scream. My friend Kevin just jump <laughs> out of his seat, uh, came back down and just went, oh, oh, oh,
4: damn it. <laughs> oh, As to just yeah. say, a
2: 40-year-old movie just scared the bejesus yes. out of me. Yes, that's cool. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into some interesting facts about the movies. Okay. Uh, plenty of actors have been nominated for their work in Spielberg movies, but it wasn't until 2013 when Daniel Day-Lewis Took home best actor Oscar for his work in Lincoln. Mm
3: -hmm. So
0: that was the first person who ever won an award uh, on a Spielberg movie, which is crazy. It's a crime. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. There's not a lot of jaws in Jaws. The shark doesn't fully appear in a shot until one hour and twenty-one minutes into the two-hour film. The reason it isn't shown is because the mechanical shark that was built rarely worked during filming. So Spielberg had to create inventive ways, like quince yellow barrels, to shoot around the non-functional shark.
2: Yeah,
0: but that worked for the movie. Made it so much oh, better. It made oh, it, so it
4: so better. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Made it better. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: totally. And I want to say this as a... Jaws obsessive. <laughs> I never know what scene, what shot they're talking about when they say the shark first appears here. Hour
4: 21.
2: That's up. not true. <laughs> yeah. okay.
6: The How hour
0: 20. Well, I think they said the full shark. I think yes, so they actually see the whole oh, volume thing. Well,
2: well,
6: the silent part Don't when it goes under the boat. and so yeah. that guy's like
2: up, but never mind. The shark yeah. doesn't yeah. actually, isn't actually shown until the reservoir. When, they atta- when he mm. attacks the, mm. uh, mm-hmm. the guy in the red little thingy mm. boat. Mm. That's my the first time shot. it actually appears. <laughs> <occurs. laughs>
4: it's such
6: a cool shot. It's just quiet. Yeah. And yeah. all you see are teeth. It's one yeah. of my favorite shots in all of
1: film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there
6: I <it's>
2: said <laughs>
1: it.
2: But that's the actual first time you, see, you physically see it.
1: Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was initially a very different film. Spielberg's initial story outline involved UFOs and shady government dealings following the Watergate scandal, which became a script entitled Watch the Skies. The idea involved a police or military officer working on Project Blue Book, the Air Force's official study into UFOs in the 1950s and 1960s, who would become the whistleblower on the government cover-up of aliens. There were numerous rewrites. Taxi driver scribe Paul Schrader even took a crack at it penning a political UFO thriller titled Kingdom Come that Spielberg and the movie studio rejected before the story we know today emerged. Wow, that's
4: really neat. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just want to say I get this information off of the internet. So it may not be 100% true. We're not claiming this to be fact. I just thought these were cool, interesting things. Mm -hmm. That's really That I'm assuming, and lots of them have sources.
6: Sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah. just want to throw that out there. Mm
6: Mm-hmm. If he had to make the Sugarland Express again, he'd do it completely differently. That's the one film I can say honestly I can honestly say if I had to do it all over again, I would make Sugarland Express into a completely different fashion, Spielberg said, of the nineteen seventy four crime drama.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Sugarland Express. I,
6: I don't
2: either. think I have either, oh. actually,
0: thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, it's so I couldn't even tell you what it's about. <laughs> Sugar. Sugar <laughs> Sugar.
2: Land. <laughs> yes. On an express. E.T. was initially patched together from different ideas for separate movies. With his newfound success following the back-to-back smash hits of Jaws in 1975 and Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977, Spielberg wanted to tell a smaller, more personal story for his next film. Entitled Growing Up, the proposed movie was inspired by the divorce of his parents when he was 15 years old. It included the feelings of alienation Spielberg felt being Jewish in an all-Gentile neighborhood in Arizona and was told from the perspective of three children. When the project was shelved, Spielberg moved on to another big-budget film, 1941, but the basic idea stayed with him. Around the same time, Columbia Pictures demanded a sequel to Close Encounters. Spielberg wanted no part of that, though he had a small idea about what would have happened if an alien didn't go back to the mothership at the end of that movie. To ensure they didn't make a sequel without him, he instead commissioned writer-director John Sayles to create a script for a pseudo-sequel called Night Skies about a suburban family terrorized by a group of aliens with one befriending the family's son. The project was too dark in tone for Spielberg, though, and ultimately he had Columbia just re-release Close Encounters in a special edition with additional scenes. But he still recognized the potential of a film like Night Skies, so he and screenwriter Melissa Matheson then combined Spielberg's semi autobiographical story with the benevolent alien visiting a boy on Earth to create E.T. The idea of the terrorized family was refashioned as another eventual Spielberg production, Poltergeist. Mm-mm. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Two of my favorites. <clears throat> oh this is this is
5: a good one. I like this one. <laughs> So uh, Tom Selleck was originally supposed to play Indiana Jones.
6: Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So prior
5: to the production start date in May of 1980, George Lucas and Spielberg set up a shop in, in the old Lucasfilm corporate headquarters to begin the casting process. Actors and actresses in consideration for the lead roles of Indiana Jones and his tough but beautiful companion, Marion Ravenwood, included Jane Seymour, Deborah Winger, Mark Harmon, Mary Steenburgen, and Michael Bean uh, Sam Shepard, Valerie Bertinelli, Bruce Boxleitner, Sean Young, Don Johnson, Dee Wallace, who would later go on to star as the mother in Spielberg's E.T., mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Hershey, and even David Hasselhoff. Oh.
3: For Indy... <laughs>
5: Lucas and Spielberg eventually settled on actor Tom Selleck, but when CBS got wind of what the two were up to, the network legally barred Selleck, the lead of the hit show Magnum P.I. from appearing in the film. Mm -hmm. Spielberg then suggested Harrison Ford as a quick replacement, but Lucas was reluctant to cast Ford because he was already Han Solo in his Star Wars films. But Spielberg's quick thinking prevailed and Ford uh, was added to the cast just two weeks before the principal (laughs) photography began a similar snafu happened with Danny DeVito the first choice to play Indy's jovial companion Salah that would have been horrible I'm sorry Uh, who, who couldn't take the part due to his contractual obligation to appear on the popular ABC show Taxi I heard a different version of this story uh-huh. because I'm from Hawaii. So, uh, well, <laughs>
1: what do they say in Hawaii. <laughs> well, well,
5: Magnum PI was filming in Hawaii. Oh, far, so, yeah. uh, one of my uh, best friends from high school, his dad is is the location manager of of like all the Hawaii shoots. What he always said was that Tom Selleck chose to not do Indiana Jones because, in well, no, because <laughs> because Magnum was a huge hit yeah. and it was mm-hmm. you know Hawaii Five-0 was done. And so it was something that all the production crews and who I could do and so he, I was told by my friend's dad that he that Thomas Locke was like you know what, I'm going to stay here to save so these people job. jobs. That could be oh, apocryphal, I don't know, wise. but uh oh, that's yeah.
1: Interesting to know.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the fact that he was the choice yeah. Indiana. Yeah. I yeah. I yeah. Can't anyway, imagine Tom Selleck playing. I mean, Indian, they, so. I mean, I mean, shaved. You know, yeah, would have yeah. been like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just. You're right. We yeah. were grown up with him yeah. that way, yeah. so we wouldn't know any better. I'm
2: yeah. more fascinated by Danny DeVito playing. I know. Yeah. I
0: know. Well,
2: yeah. Also, I Gotta mean, Danny DeVito
5: is so small, and Jonathan Riz Myers No.
2: Jonathan Riz Davies Riz
5: Sorry. Sorry. The the less handsome one. He uh he's so tall. Yeah. Yeah. Him. crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, the logistics of Spielberg's original plan to bring the dinosaurs to life uh, mm-hmm. were inspired by Universal Studios' King Kong encounter ride. Uh, Disney Imagineer Bob Gurr designed Kong as a full size animatronic with an inflatable balloon like skin surrounding a wire frame. Unfortunately, plans to build all Jurassic Park dinosaurs uh, similarly full size animatronics proved too costly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. they had to go to
2: the I believe it.
6: Yeah. Yeah, based on some of the photos that the Winston School releases sometimes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. based on the production and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, that must have been pricey. Yeah. yeah. Like, even back then. <laughs> After finding great success and loving the experience of directing Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg's main motivation for stepping behind the camera for its sequel, 1984's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, was jealousy. I got separation pangs, Spielberg said. I knew that if I didn't direct Temple, someone else would. I got a little bit jealous and I got a little bit frustrated.
4: Hmm. There
0: you go. I'm glad he... He he
4: met his wife. Yeah. that's
5: true. Yeah. Uh, The most important thing about The Color Purple was its characters. Uh, The big difference in The Color Purple is that the story is not bigger than the lives of these people, Spielberg said of his Oscar-nominated adaptation of Alice Walker's novel. I didn't want to make it another movie that dwarfs the characters, but here the characters are the story.
1: Yeah. Saving Private Ryan is partly based on a true story.
5: Hmm.
1: Contrary to popular belief, Saving Private Ryan is not based on the Sullivan brothers, a group of five brothers who were all killed in action while serving in the U.S. Navy during World War II on the USS Juno. The movie is actually based on the Nyland brothers, four siblings who all served in the U.S. Army during World War II. Three brothers, Robert, Preston, and Edward were supposedly killed in action which caused their remaining brother, Fritz, who the titular private Ryan was based on, to be shipped back to America so that the Nyland family wouldn't lose all of their sons. Edward, who was originally thought dead, was actually found alive after escaping a Japanese prison camp in Burma, making two surviving brothers out of the four who fought in the war.
2: Very cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Minority Report was originally intended as a sequel to Total Recall. Mm. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It goes into more detail, right?
0: Two weeks. Uh,
2: yeah. a total, re- <laughs> <laughs> a total Recall was another movie adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story. The Minority Report movie rights were held by cinematographer turned director Jean de Bont uh, of Speed and Twister at one point who ended up getting a producer credit on the film without ever setting foot on set. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Cruz approached Spielberg about an early version of the script, written for DeBont by John Cohen, which Spielberg hired Scott Frank to rewrite. When Cruz and Spielberg's schedules were finally both clear at the same time, they went to work.
4: Jaws originally ended just like Moby Dick. The original ending in the script had the shark dying of harpoon injuries inflicted by Quint and Brody a la Moby Dick. But Spielberg thought the movie needed a crowd-pleasing finale and came up with the exploding tank <laughs> as seen in the final film. Yes. The dialogue and foreshadowing of the tank were then dropped in as they shot the movie.
2: Very cool. I like what Spielberg said to Peter Benchley when he decided to change the ending. He yeah. said uh, Peter Benchley was like that's completely ridiculous. No one is ever going to believe that. No one is ever going to enjoy that. And he's like, I don't care. If, I, <laughs> if I've got them for two hours, they will believe everything I tell them for the next two minutes.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And frankly, I like the movie better than the book and a lot of points. Okay. I,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, the the image of it in the book is like a haunting image that is, yes. is conjured up. It doesn't really work with the kind of movie that Spielberg yeah, was right. always going to make. And so many of the
6: book characters are supremely unlikable in a lot of ways too. Like,
2: anyway, you don't ways. feel bad for what happens to these people.
0: Uh, Garth Brooks nearly played Private Jackson in Saving Private Ryan.
6: Really? Oh, no. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> Freight?
0: Uh, Darabont was hired to do uncredited rewrites on Saving Private Ryan and credited the role of a Bible quoting sniper Private Jackson to be played by country singer Garth Brooks Brooks dropped out of the movie after Spielberg came on board and cast Tom Hanks in the lead role apparently Brooks didn't want to play second fiddle to Hanks <laughs> but Spielberg offered him a chance to play another role of his choosing instead of a specific role Brooks allegedly said he wanted to play the bad guy, but in Saving Pride Ryan, there is no real bad guy other than the entire
1: right. uh, war. Yeah, like yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> well,
0: yeah, cool. Uh, so Spiller ultimately decided to drop Brooks from the movie. <laughs> so
4: I thought it was Thank interesting. Thank goodness,
1: because that character is my favorite character, my oh, and I was yeah. like, God, Brooke,
4: no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything in the famous shot of Elliot and E. T. flying across the face of the moon was real, except. Elliot and E.T. Visual effects uh, supervisor Dennis Mirren and his team at Industrial Light and Magic were tasked with creating organic special effects to surround the potentially inorganic looking E.T. puppet. Surprisingly the iconic shot of the boy and alien flying across the moon was mostly a quotations real <laughs> shot it took Mirren and his team weeks to find the right spot to film a low moon among trees so they used maps and charts to coordinate the scene once they found the right spot in the shot Elliot and E.T. are puppets that were added with special effects in post-production but the rest is photo wow.
0: Mm, wow! it's cool no I didn't realize the moon can get that big I mean, if I Have you ever coming, seen the moon, like, seen,
1: just coming up? I've
0: seen it big, like, but... really big. But yeah. Yeah. Not, not huge mm-hmm. like that. All right, let's do uh, another question here. Um, we're going to discuss Spielberg's earlier movies. Most of them were sci-fi fantasy. And then his later movies, which are dramas, which did you prefer? So I guess it, would that depend on what movie was your favorite? Because would you guys say the latter movies, or would you... For me, personally, it was his beginning career. It's Close Encounters, it's Jaws, sure. it's E.T., it's Indiana Jones, it's Jurassic Park. Those, those I love. That's those interesting
1: movies. to talk about it in that way because I feel like I am with different people.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You
1: know? Like, as a kid, yeah, heck yeah. yeah and like, yeah. for nostalgia reasons, I still enjoy those movies, but then as a young adult and adult, the later movies just touched me in a different way. Like, I almost feel like I grew up with, with him, him mm-hmm. as, mm. his, as his career matured so did i yeah so because i don't think little me would watch saving private ryan and be like "Wee!" right Right? but i I saw it at a specific time in my life where it was i was able to bond with my father over it that i couldn't have done as a child
2: yeah yeah
1: so it's kind of like saying apples to oranges sort of
2: this is gonna sound a little bit like a cop out, uh, but I really like what Guillermo del Toro said about making movies. He's talked Guillermo del Toro's made very artistic, very art yeah. house movies. He's made very commercial movies, mm-hmm. and people have asked him about what which ones he prefers, and he's like, "No, it's you make one movie, you make one movie your whole career. That's it. You just make the movie, and it's your movie. Yeah. It's always just the one movie. So that's kind of how I see." Most directors, even Spielberg, who's directing in many different genres and many different tones, many different different feeling movies. I mean, Mm -hmm. you might not guess that Bridge of Spies is Spielberg, Mm -hmm. the same Spielberg that made Jurassic Park. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's still him, and you it's still recognizably Spielberg. Hmm. So I I don't I can't say definitively which era of Spielberg I prefer. Cause to me, I I'm just always seeing reflections of Spielberg.
0: Hmm.
6: Cool, Megan. Well, um, it depends on it depends on which Megan you're talking to. <laughs> the one who remembers why she's scared of open skies and why she loves sharks. I'll always go back to old yeah. Spielberg. I my heart's there. But I do love the drama that he's done. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the new, new stuff he's doing. Like, Big Friendly Giant was mm. a huge wash for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, There's a lot of his newer stuff that I look at and I'm like, why does this exist? But okay, you make your choices, man. You can certainly afford it. <laughs> but I, I definitely think, like, a lot of his dramatic pieces and his older, older pieces, those were all part of my mm-hmm. growing up as well. So it's all seen as, like one general track for me. Okay. Like, new stuff that he's done coming out of Disappearing for Forever. Yeah. That's the stuff where I'm like, nah, I'm good.
5: (laughs) All right. Tony. I think, this is probably just based upon my experience watching Spielberg films throughout my entire life, but somewhere in the mid to late 90s, he began making films that felt a lot more adult to me. Now, he al- he always made, you know, adult movies, like Color Purple, for instance, you know, yeah. very, very adult film, you know, I mean, Jaws, hell. But at the same time, I felt like there was a lot more appeal towards like a teenage and younger audience for a lot of those earlier films. And maybe that was also the way they were marketed and the way that they were kind of propped up. But then somewhere in the mid to late 90s, now they became... You know, like we Get got you. Schindler's List, and then we got mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, I mean, but he still has these childhood childhood elements. But even the childhood elements feel more mature, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Le- at least to me. That's so, um, and you know, in, a, in twenty or year, thirty years' time, God forbid. But we're we're gonna look back, and we're gonna probably categorize. You know, like like this is the blue period for Spielberg, and this right. is this period yeah, or that yeah. period because he's made so many damn t- darn movies. <laughs> but you know, I uh, it, it, they. I do feel, though, the older that he gets, the the, the more... Um, I, th- I feel like his films are more grounded in realism, mm. and they I think they're made for a more adult audience
0: predominantly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Anne, do you have any last-minute thoughts?
4: No? <laughs> I like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, just to chime in with everybody here, as the younger me, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. I'll always treasure, and then Close Encounters, there's a childness and likeness of like fun and playfulness but yeah. then also he is a filmmaker needed to explore something more for himself and doing the dramas like color purple schindler's list and um he matured as a filmmaker and as as an adult i guess and so i really enjoyed that but i would lo- he's going to be doing west side story he's doing yeah, west side yeah. Story*. Yeah, is, yeah that's his current name. i'm very intrigued on how he, how he's going to play with that, um, how that's going to come about, because yeah. um, it, it can be very poignant of what's happening right now. Um, but I didn't I didn't really like Ready Player One. That was a letdown for me, and I thought that would be a good chance for him to go back to what he used to do mm-hmm. in a sense. So I'm 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 intrigued on maybe what phase he's going to be going to next if he goes. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the questions, is you asking, like what could he maybe do next that would be exciting for you? So I'm going to be intrigued. But yeah, West Side Story is going to be interesting stuff for him.
0: (laughs) We'll see. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Another question. Uh, Looking at the list of Spielberg movies, are there any movies that you forgot he directed?
4: Empire of the Sun, I kind of forgot he directed. Right?
5: <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Young, he
4: broke it, Christian, it, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. yeah, he, he broke Christian yeah. Bale. And I'm like, oh, my, and it, it flooded yeah. back to me. I remember, so that's one that I did forget that he did uh, direct. Yeah,
6: So. yeah. Anybody else?
4: It's, it's weird.
6: I actually forgot he did Ready Player One. That's, so, oh, there you go. Because yeah. that movie was just like, a weird wash of nostalgia. This was fun and pretty. Yeah. Who made this again? It's literally a commercial that lasts two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes. I completely forgot that he directed that. But only to yeah.
0: get that licensing done though. Only Only
6: I, I think, him.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: mean maybe yeah. maybe but yeah. I mean for me it was BFG. BFG?
6: Yeah. Yeah, Big Friendly Giant. Yeah,
0: and so you mentioned yeah. that. I was like, oh, that's right. He did do yeah. that. He did do that. <laughs> that. That didn't do well at it
1: all. It tanked hard. I don't think
0: I've ever seen it. So, I mean. I didn't
1: see yeah, it. Yeah, I he never liked in it. He was theaters for like a blip. Yeah. <laughs> and I grew yes. up on those books, so I was yeah. so, yeah. so oh, sad. Because yeah. I loved
6: those books as a kid. It's
0: he couldn't do that.
2: I'm finding myself in a very weird position where I'm trying to remember if I've ever forgotten. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> he Yeah.
5: When I looked at the list in prepping for this podcast, I found three that I was like, oh, my God. But it was it's Hook, Amistad, and of all things, Lincoln.
3: Yeah, I'm for I, Lincoln because
5: yeah. he won. But, but see, I, I totally I just I totally forget. You know, that was about Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, he, he did, did hook. Did I, I didn't know he did yeah. it. <laughs> 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 I was like,
0: yeah. yeah no, he no. he brought list. He
6: brought us Pan the Man and Rufia. Yes. Yep. Wow.
0: All right, that's really cool. All right, so let's do another question here. Uh, is there any existing IP intellectual property for those who don't know IP? <laughs> those um, are in the biz. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, you, that you would like to see Spielberg take on, meaning direct? So, Megan is hopping for joy yeah. over that one. So okay, just
6: say. just just popped in my head. I would love to see him take on the Harry Dresden books. Ooh. Oh, cool. I think I love he might story. be one of the few directors yeah. to have that nice whimsy that comes with it and also the darkness in some of his earlier stuff. Yeah. I think he could pull off Dresden. Yes. Off yeah, I didn't think I would one. love that. to see that. Yeah. 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 Mm. Sorry, I got very excited. <laughs>
5: <laughs> now, I, his ne- I didn't know this until I looked it up, but his next movie is going to be West Side Story. Yes. But which is which is like Shakespeare. It's it's, it's yes. Romeo and Juliet. But I would love to see him do King Lear.
0: I
2: would Ooh, really love to see him. Wow. That. Oh, yeah. awesome. that would be interesting. That's an inspired yeah.
4: show. Yeah, that might be yeah. really cool. That would yeah. be interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, anybody else?
4: I, I got two, okay. one's from my mom. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that's from my mom, uh, she, there was a rumor about this five years ago that he might direct When Worlds Collide. Um, it's a sci-fi back in the fifties. My mom's oh, wow. a huge okay. sci-fi fan, and it's it's based on a book. Yeah. And um, I've only read half of it, but my mom would love for him to direct it because she thinks that he would be able to capture the the drama aspect of it, but also just like the whims not whimsical the um science fiction part mm. that he's able to just kind of like be able to create that tension and Yeah. So, so that's for my mom. Okay. For me. I would like to have some justice towards the John Carter series, mm-hmm. please. Oh, yeah. see, I love John
0: Carter. I still enjoyed the movie. I, I love that. So I still it. But I don't know the, the series. So much better. That's what you <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that reference, so I don't so, i feel like I'm missing anything.
4: I think maybe he could have a blast doing that. Oh, I can see him and doing a John Carter movie. And I think he could really have a great time yeah. doing that as like an Indiana Jones type yeah. of feel, which it
1: should be and I can then see that. all that sort of stuff. So that would yeah. be my choice. All right. yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a author by the name of Leigh Bardugo, and she did a, she does this thing called the Grishaverse, which is this whole like magical, like magic is intertwined with mm-hmm. thievery and so you have all these like, and, and, but there's one book in particular called Six of Crows, which is, um, it's based in a city called Catterdam, which is loosely based off of Amsterdam, okay. but with magic. And like it's a group of thieves cool me. that try to pull off, like, the perfect heist. It's so good. So it's like a heist Yeah, Yes, it's, like a, it's a heist fantasy. Magic. Wow. It's mm. so a heist All fantasy right. book. i mean, it's I, mean, really really
0: I mean, have yeah. to check it out. Yeah. I, yeah, I would love to see something like that yeah. on screen. That would be mm-hmm. cool.
2: I've been on a bit of a fantasy kick lately, and I don't know why exactly this popped into my head, but... I I would be fa- I think I think they're making a series of this right now or they're developing it right now, but I think it would be really fascinating to see him take on uh, an adaptation, some sort of adaptation of the Wheel of Time series. Yeah. Oh, that they would are doing They are doing Yeah, but that would have been cool. They would never fit it into a single movie. No, but
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I would,
2: if someone were to try, I'd love to see him try.
0: That would be a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, all right, so uh, Spielberg is not only a director, but he's a producer, executive producer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite a movie or movies of his that he did not direct, but he's associated with? Does it and have for, to be a
1: movie?
0: No, it could be anything yes. that he's associated
1: with. Yeah. i think we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: One, two, oh, three. I <laughs> are all going to say, because I'm going to go with Goonies and Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Sure. Those are my two. I mean, I love those as mm-hmm. kids. Um, and those are my two that are favorite associated with him. Uh, I mean, there's more, but okay. And jumping at the bits here
4: who framed Roger Rabbit Oh yeah, and uh, Band of Brothers. Nice. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Banded oh, sure. are both part is of that.
1: Amazing.
0: You and your yes. war themes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. I watch Band of Brothers at least I don't think once I've ever seen it. I do, too. Oh, my God. I, no, I, I do, have too. To. I just yes. to watch
0: it. I haven't watched It's 10, ten episodes, right? Oh, ten. But, ten. but it's it.
1: so... Look, you should watch it <laughs> oh, with <my laughs> <eyes>. god. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yes. I,
0: I do like... Yeah. It's fantastic. It's just crazy.
1: Those are
4: my two. What's funny is that was
1: another series that Doug Spice showed Showed me. Oh, see. And I was oh, like, Christ. and I was like, oh my god, well, how did I not watch this before now? <laughs> it, oh,
0: it's it's
3: HBO. it was on HBO. That's HBO why series. I didn't see it. Yeah, that's probably because we didn't, have HBO. What, cause we I didn't yeah. have HBO. And I mm-hmm.
1: saw it, and then I made my dad watch it, and he's like, oh my
3: god, Jennifer, what? was <laughs> <gasps> was like, yeah, I know, yeah, it's better than Saving Private
6: Ryan.
1: It's like ten hours of Saving Private Ryan.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Megan. Yes. I'm gonna have to go with poltergeist. Yeah. I loved that I movie loved as a kid. That movie. Like, really loved yeah, it. Again, concerned parents. Me too. But
0: yeah. I was all about that movie. I saw that in, I saw it in the theater as well. I just remember me and my aunt were in the back of the car and my mom and dad were in the front and my aunt was just freaked out by the <laughs> face ripping off thing and I was mm. enthralled yeah. by it all. That was that,
6: my favorite yeah. uh little maze at Universal last mm. year when they did the Haunted oh, Maze. Wow. The it was really The good. Poltergeist one was yeah. so... I was giggling through the whole thing. I was so happy.
2: That freaking Love. clown. Yep.
6: The clown, and then they had this little spidery guy at the end, and I was just like, yes! <laughs> and you have my husband just pushing me through it. Like, <laughs> 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 it's-
5: All right, I, 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 I'm going to cop out. I have two. Number one, Animaniacs. Yay! Oh my goodness! The executive producer, Animaniacs, that was yeah, huge. Um, but as far as films go, uh, Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh my god! That's such One a of good my movie. So good, <laughs> so good. Rammy Tap. Very yeah. good. Um, so, yeah. I've never seen that. Oh, oh Kenny, you're misnouncing. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's, no, no. oh, no. that's what yep. I'm learning. That's yep. what I'm doing yep. the podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, this is a much shorter uh, yes. time
1: commitment than Band of Brothers. Yes. 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 So, so let's start with that. Yes. Completely forgot yes. yes. about Sherlock. Sure, right? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God. No. Obsessed
0: how with that movie is a game.
2: How about you, Andrew? Uh, it It's really no contest in terms of what he's produced. For me, it's uh, Tiny Toons.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, That that goes hand in hand. hand I just wanted to pop in and say that Band of Brothers was actually not my answer. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) "Oh." (laughs) Um, It's It's actually um, Amazing Stories.
0: Oh, I love the movie. Show. Like
1: it was a movie, and then they did a show. TV series. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. There were some
0: amazing stories. So good. I mean, that's what the title (laughs) said. It was like Twilight Zone,
1: but not as creepy. Although some of them.
0: They were fanciful as well. They were more fantasy. They were more fantasy. Yeah. It was. Yeah, there was the
1: one with like the plane crash and the Teddy Ruxpin, spin. Uh, I was no. like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. All right. So that's it for questions. So we have a few more interesting facts, and then we will say goodbye.
1: We've only been here for seventeen hours. That's it. That I means you fun. can watch Band of
0: Brothers one point seven
1: times. Send
3: help. <laughs>
0: One quarter of the budget for Minority Report was financed by product placements. Mm, Toyota yeah. paid $5 million to get the futuristic Lexus, called the Maglev, in Minority Report. Nokia shelled out $2 million for the characters to wear Nokia headsets. The Gap, Pepsi, American Express, and Reebok got in on the sci-fi action as well.
3: Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. It's,
2: <laughs> it's, it, uh, there was a lot of work put into uh, researching the development of technology for that movie mm-hmm. and it's wild how how much of the tech in that movie we we are seeing now
4: yeah no. no. All right, Uh, Jurassic Park broke new CG ground. Spielberg wasn't 100% happy with the wide test shots of the dinosaurs. They just weren't photorealistic enough. So Mirren and his ILM team, spurred by their revolutionary experience in designing and incorporating fully computer-generated characters into films like The Abyss, and Terminator (laughs) 2 Judgment Day showed Spielberg an early CGI dino test of the group Gallimimus Gallimimus skeletons running through a field Spielberg was in awe of the ease of movement and realism of the effects, but he was still wary that they wouldn't hold up under intense uh, scrutiny, and he didn't want to scrap uh, Tippin's Practical animation talents altogether. So the director urged Mirren and ILM to go further. Uh, when they came back with the CG test of the fully rendered T-Rex walking across a field in broad daylight, the director decided to go full CGI for some shots. There you go. It's it does really hold up. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. everything mm-hmm. in yeah. you know the original Jurassic Park. Yeah.
2: So. In particular, the Beautiful. scene in the rain. Yeah. It's yeah. like yes. I, you look at that, it's still pretty much flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. The Mm D-Day sequence in Saving Private Ryan cost a whole lot of money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How much
3: money? The
1: D-Day scene alone cost $12 million because of the logistical difficulties and the realistic scope needed to complete the sequence. The entire budget of the movie was only $70 million. Spielberg didn't storyboard any of the D-Day
2: sequence. Ooh. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, crazy. Wow. They t- they t- <laughs> totally did
1: not know that.
2: Yeah, he described it as like they took the beach the same way. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> army. did. <laughs> yeah. Another like little little piece of that. Uh-huh. Uh, while they were filming, he wanted to uh, simulate the shaking. Of the camera. Yeah. And so he came up with a technique of like using, a, attaching a screwdriver to the camera and getting, and manipulating oh. the shake. And he thought he'd come up with something like, like a new film technique. And his cinematographer was like, no, that already exists for the <laughs> <laughs> We already have that. Steve, no. Like, stop,
3: stop.
6: <laughs> the memorable five note tones and close encounters took a long time to figure out. Composer John Williams worked with Spielberg to come up with the movie's distinct five note musical method of communication between humans and aliens, which Spielberg partly based on the sulfate system. I'm gonna go with I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> committing to it. System of mu- musical education a year before shooting began. Williams initially wanted a seven note sequence, but it was too long for the simple musical greeting Spielberg wanted. The composer enlisted a mathematician to calculate the number <laughs> of five note combinations they could potentially make from a twelve note scale. When that number proved to be upwards of 134,000 combinations, Williams created a hundred distinct versions. They could simply whittle the combinations down one by one until they had a winner. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Crazy. <laughs> all for five
0: notes. Yep. That's a, I mean, they're the most memorable yeah. notes. Yeah, they're parodied in yeah. Monsters
6: vs. Aliens anyway. by yeah. Stephen Colbert. Yeah. 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 We did it! Hey, we know all <laughs> right. the facts.
2: Huzzah. We need right. to go to bed. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's it. That's no more interesting facts. So thank you guys. Least, thank you. No more. That's it. We know them all. There are no, no others.
3: Later.
4: There's
0: the book on the universe.
4: <laughs> all right. Any
0: last thoughts of uh, Spielberg and his?
4: I was going to say a fun fact, but oh well.
0: Let's <laughs> then go with a fun
4: fact. Um, in Jurassic Park, fun little thing. You know uh-huh. how uh, T-Rex, he's on flat ground, the goat flat ground, and all that sort of stuff. But then the car falls off a cliff yes spielberg was like i need a cliff and they're like but we've already established this flat ground he's like i want a cliff <laughs> cool we <We're> am gonna <laughs> put a cliff so anyways it's a fun little thing of like hey uh, continuity wise didn't matter because it everything
2: i, don't know, I, think I've I mean, about think, that but think
4: about it you oh, it happens the all
2: the time in his movies
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. yes all that's the, funny the thing too. time it happens quite a bit but that's kind of the most memorable one that i was thinking of was just so funny isn't that
0: interesting
2: oh, th- no, go ba- go never even oh go back and watch the, the uh, same way. go back and watch the uh the caravan chase and raiders oh yeah it cheats like crazy yes,
0: it does. but yeah. anyways fun stuff interesting See, there's even more interesting things. <laughs> we can do another whole hour.
2: Like no, matter, like no matter where the camera is pointed on the ocean in Jaws, you never see land. Oh, there
6: you go.
0: Well, that's true. Sometimes there is no land forever.
2: So
6: I think that was <laughs> kind of the point. They were ocean. worried about drowning
0: with the <laughs> <laughs> It was a concern. All right. Uh, thank you guys again for uh, stopping by and chatting Spielberg movies. Another long but very enjoyable one. Yeah.
4: Delightful. Very good one. Yes, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. As I said, we had a great time discussing Steven Spielberg. He's one of my all-time favorite directors. And we could have gone on for hours and hours but uh, we, really, we really did try to condense it down. Hopefully, you guys learned a little bit of some interesting facts about him. And hopefully, you agree or maybe you disagreed with our favorite uh, Spielberg movies. Nonetheless, I hope you guys are entertained by that roundtable. Once again, I want to thank my guest hosts, Tony, Anne, Jenny, Megan, and Andrew. And of course, I want to thank my awesome listeners for coming back each month and joining us for these roundtables. So until next time, guys, take care. Alienation, the newcomers podcast is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomers podcast on iTunes. Or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.